think that if you love someone You'd never let their memory die But now his memory's overrun By wedding plans for next July It just feels too soon It just feels too soon And I don't know what I should say To make her understand why I'm afraid That it feels too soon One Million Musicals, friends, family, relatives, uh, strangers, whoever is listening to this to this podcast right now. Hello, this is Kaylin Fu, your social media manager and marketing director. And I'm here with this month's interview with Aaron Alcarez. If you don't know who he is, he is the lead. If you listen to our last musical, call your mother. This is Aaron. Welcome, Aaron. We are so glad to have you. Hello, Kaylin. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. And for <laughs> those of you who don't know, mo- people probably don't know this, but we used to sit back to back at Mean Girls on Broadway. Literally um, back to back. Up in the treehouse, literally back to back. Um, and we basically shared a dressing room with a couple of other people for Half a year or so? Yeah, a little. I yeah. was there for eight months, so a little over that because yeah. you joined right after me, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we we truly know each other very well and, um, yeah, love this dude. So mm. we're going to get to know him today. Um, so our first question is just tell us a bit about yourself. Tell us how did you get into theater? Um, how did you get to where you are today? Yeah. Um, So I am born and raised in Los Angeles, California. It's where I'm coming to you live at the moment from right now. Um, I grew up loving to sing. Uh, That was really like my first um, step into performing was like singing at church, singing at different like functions in the community, stuff like that. And I got into theater fairly late for most people. Um, It was my sophomore year of high school. Um, I got a flyer to do a show at a local children's theater. It was High School Musical. A flyer, (laughs) I know, TBT. Um, A flyer to do High School Musical at a local children's theater. Um, I did it. I had a great time, signed up for a second show. Um, And during that, I was... um, picked to be a part of this like smaller group that would also like perform in the community and like take acting classes and stuff like that. So that was my, again, even more of a introduction to like actually acting and like all these things. And then in the middle of that, my director suggested that um, we all go see uh, In the Heights, the first national tour at the Pantages Theater. It was in their last week. Um, It was our last week there. And so he was like, you have to go see it before it's gone. And so I went with my parents 
And I I remember sitting in that theater. Lynn actually took over for Usnavi while the show was in LA. So we got wow. super lucky. The cast was also so amazing. And getting to see people who looked like me and sounded like me and like sang and rapped the kind of music that I actually listened to in real life, it was a game changer for me. And uh, truly that night when I got home was the first time I said to my parents, I want to be an actor. Um, wow. And so I just kind of went from there. I graduated high school, went to Ithaca College for four years and got my BFA in musical theater, um, which was super fun. I, I learned literally everything that I no, I knew nothing before going to school. Um, then I did a Disney Cruise Line contract. I toured with Rent for a year. And then I moved to the city. And almost a year after that, I guess, I was in Mean Girls. Wow. Okay. Also, so many fun facts that I think, Aaron, we've talked about this. I almost was on that same Rent tour. Um, Wait, I don't know if we've talked no, about we this. haven't yeah. talked about this. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I was a sophomore in college when I think it was Joy Doing. Joy Doing cast this, yes. didn't they? Yes. Okay. So I met them my sophomore year of college. And I um, basically, they called me and said, we want you in for Mimi. And yeah. And it was so funny. And I ended up not doing it because I... I was a sophomore in college and I didn't want to knock finish. my degree because my school wasn't going to let me come back or like oh. I wouldn't be, I would lose my spot in my BFA class. Right. And so at the time it was like, I basically was like, I would love to go do this thing that I know I could do. But I was like, I'm going to stay in school because I know how to do Mimi. I need yes. to learn the things that I don't know how to do yet. And that's exactly like, so, but it's crazy because I'm like, we could have met. We could have doing met. That. And I it saw... I saw that tour, which is funny. Where I don't. I'm did pretty. You see I'm pretty sure. Did you guys? Did you guys do it in Costa Mesa? Did you go to Costa Mesa? Oh, I didn't go to Costa Mesa. I think the year before we okay. went to Costa Mesa. Okay, yeah, yeah. Then I saw that one, but I was in for your tour. Wait, that is insanity. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. think you and made then the right Ashley call Rosa. I was just about to say that because yeah. if you had done the tour, then you also mm -hmm. would have met Ashley De La Rosa, who you would end up yep. replacing in Mean Girls. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so it's just like a crazy, like, I mean, for the those who are not in theater, it's like, it really is the smallest of worlds, yeah. Yeah, um, also love so, Ashley. Oh, Ashley Del Rosa, if, you if you've not heard this girl sing, you need to go stalk her on YouTube, stalk her on her Instagram. <laughs> she is just a an, an amazing talent, also an amazing human as well. Super random story, I especially when she got the job at Mean Girls and I was like creating my little like celebratory Insta story post to like yes. celebrate her. <laughs> I was like, Ashley De La Rosa is a mean girl because <laughs> early, early on in tour, so we'd only known each other for like a month and a half maybe. Um, I played Angel and if you don't know, Angel has a lot of free time towards the end of the show. <laughs> so I was going back to my dressing room and everyone else was on stage. So I was like uh, expecting to be by myself. And I sit down and she bursts out from the shower to scare me. Like she was there like <gasps> waiting for me to terrify oh me. Oh my gosh. Um, how dare she? So um, dare Ashley she? De La Rosa <laughs> is a mean girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, okay, so kind of connecting that, it's like a small, small, small world. 
you got involved with One Mill Musicals because I texted you one day and I was like, you have to do this. We need your voice. <laughs> um, but how has been doing um, One Mill Musicals been different, a different process, especially now so since you've led one of our shows? How has that been a different process than like developing Angel for tour? Obviously, it's different because it's just your voice. But how is that? What's that been like? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, I mean, the biggest difference is that it's all on our own, like on recording in our little bubble. Um, for those who have listened to any of the Windmill musicals, but specifically Call Your Mother, um, like we record our dialogue on our own. Um, like our director, Jacob, was on Face Zoom with me, was on Zoom with me. <laughs> Um, and he was reading all the other parts and I was just kind of giving different takes of what, uh, what, uh, Marco was saying, but yeah, we were not together. We were not on the same call. Um, and that was challenging because, you know, as actors, we, a lot of what we do is reacting and feeding off of what our scene partner is giving us. So that was a new thing that I got to play with, especially as someone who doesn't do voiceover or anything that often either. Um, uh, let's see, what else was different? It was fun to get to learn something so quickly. Like it was a very fast and furious process. I think for Call Your Mother, I got the script on like a Monday. And then the only time that we had to record was like the next day. So I read it Monday night yeah. and then like made some little character notes leading up to the recording and then we just kind of went for the dialogue and then similar with the music I think we got it on a Saturday and I was recording on Tuesday yeah it was yep. really fast and furious but to their credit like everyone that I recorded with was super patient and like super nice and they, you know, <laughs> they, they make sure that like you have all the things you need like Dan Clintworth um are the music supervisor director um, yeah supervisor director extraordinaire yeah music extraordinaire <laughs> um a saint because not only does he send sheet music but he plunks out everyone's individual yes, I know. part it's actual insanity so good on him like i bow to him <laughs> um but yeah it was a fast and furious process but so fun in that way because you just gotta kind of like do it you know and not try to yeah. overthink it too much. Yeah. It honestly, it honestly, it's like I can't help, especially while we're talking, it's like I can't help compare some of like the process of creating a one million musical musical. It's so quick and it really reminds me of when, for those who don't know, a lot of people don't know this, but when towards the end of our run in Mean Girls, we were changing our show. So the original Broadway show of Mean Girls was changing and reteching to be what the tour, the national tour was and it reminded me a lot of that we would get material and like we would go basically get to rehearse it a couple of times and we weren't on stage 24 7 no and it was like great here's the new music you've learned it and we're gonna now go stage it and now it's gonna be in tech well very fast very fast and that reminds me specifically of a story about you we the the show tried to kind of phase in the changes and so they did yeah. small script changes first but one of those changes was musically at the end of Meet the Plastics, something yeah. like that, where um, where the three plastics are singing um, on Wednesdays We Wear Pink. It used to happen twice and they changed it to only happening once. But there's like a key change mixed in there. Yes. That yeah. now you just had to kind of like memorize 
the next note. Mm -hmm. And you cover two plastics. So I remember you, especially right before you went on for the first time after one of those changes, you were drilling that note because you just had to kind of pluck it out of midair. And I mean, luckily, I wasn't playing a, the character that actually had to do the key change. That was Kate Rockwell K- playing yeah, Karen. Karen. Because I remember her being like, on, on, on. And just oh, I remember that too. Drilling. Yes. Because she had to like, I mean, and the thing is, she created that role. And all of a sudden, just she had to change after it. two years, yeah. she had to change it. <laughs> and I just remember like, yeah, and I think especially as like a swing or a standby, when you go on, it's one of those moments of like, you better know your, you better know what you're doing. Cause yeah. The, obviously people are gonna shove with love but it's like man on some of those vocal things it's like you well, have to know especially yeah. for y'all because it was three-part harmony so if someone was yeah. off it would be noticeable <laughs> i definitely sang the wrong harmony a few times and it's like one of those funny things of like uh you're like well you know if, if i if i sang the wrong harmony on broadway like and like in front of like 1200 people like i can kind of do kind i can do anything do like anything, it's okay. truly. Like, I yeah, will, yeah, yeah. I will truly do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, if I can get through this, I can get through anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, well, there will be plenty of Mean Girls things that we will talk about. We, we can't help but <laughs> we can't steer help towards it. it. Um, but, okay. So, obviously, Mean Girls has not been happening right now. But what have you been doing uh, since it's crazy because COVID, we, there are vaccines out there. You, we can start to, we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but what have you been doing during COVID? Like, what has this been like for you as an artist, and as a human? There have been a few big changes. So I spent the first four months of COVID in New York, in my New York apartment. Um, and that's when I think we all thought that it wouldn't, quite be lasting this long um and then we got to the summer of 2020 and i was thinking okay so new york has pretty much shut down for the foreseeable future i'm from la my family is still there and i'm never home so i felt like this would be a great opportunity for me to spend some time back where i grew up Uh, So I drove cross country with two of my best friends and we got a place in Hollywood, which is only like 20 minutes away from where my mom lives and where I grew up. So I got to see I've been getting to see her often, which is great. Um, In that time, I've been taking a lot of acting classes, just trying to stay, um, stay, um, you know, up to date with those skills and keep those fresh and continue growing and learning. Um, I have done a few little short films here and there. Um, The main big thing, not even acting related, is I started working as a barista. Um, (gasps) Yes. You need to know that when when this, when Morgan brought us this show, I remember we were having our group company meeting and he was talking about the description of Marco and Dan and I both went, Aaron. Aaron, like Aaron has to. And I literally was like, I literally Instagram talked. I talked to him on Instagram on his stories every time he makes a coffee because he's he's been posting his development, his process with these (laughs) coffees. And he's a barista. And I was like, it's so perfect. It really was perfect. Like I when you I forget. I think you were the first person who approached me about doing Marco. And you were like, I really thought I really like thought of you for this. I think you're perfect. And then I actually read the script after I said yes. And I was like, oh, this is eerily similar to like, my life. This is, I was like, c'est moi. I know. I was like, Kaylin, like, do you want to be my manager? Because this is great. 
Um, but yeah, I've been doing, I, I've been working as a barista since late September of 2020. Um, and it's been really great. It's been a nice way for me to kind of get my mind off of just focusing on like career stuff um, and something else to kind of focus on and get better at. And it's been a nice way, even in COVID and, you know, like, I was wearing a double mask for most of these past few months and like yeah. we have a little partition between us and customers but it was also like a a cool way to stay social i guess yeah um because yeah. i i was able to like talk to people and still make people feel welcome and like i have my regulars and i love them and i know their orders and yeah. their names and it's that's that's been a nice little light in this covid tunnel for me yeah um that honestly <laughs> Perfect segue um, to one of my favorite questions that we ask on our little segment of intermission is what is one thing you've learned from the challenges of this year? What have you learned in those maybe those darker moments that you you weren't 100 percent sure like where the light was coming from, you know? Yeah. And trust me, I've had multiple of those <laughs> moments in this past year. Um I think one thing that's important to mention is that if you are down, that's okay. And um, everyone has different ways that they kind of work through those things and like get past them. But it's important to feel those feelings and know that those feelings are valid and that is totally fine. Um, and something that works for me is kind of just telling myself that I have overcome things in the past and that if I can do that then I can do this as well um and a lot of it has also been trying to take the pressure off myself like I'm I'm someone who likes to work hard for a specific goal and I can get impatient as well you know like we're not getting any younger I'm like I want to achieve this and this and this <laughs> and this um and it, it's been a, a big growing curve for me this past year to kind of really take some of that load off, take that pressure off myself and let myself experience my own journey, um, find other things that make me happy and to remember that the business will always be there and that, you know, my journey is my journey and it'll all be okay in the end. Yeah. Um, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, you answered one Thank of you. my, <laughs> one of the random questions I was thinking, I was like, what's well, one thing like, um, something I, I've been kind of I like when I host host the intermission like I like to dig deep like we're going we love deep. It. We're, not, yes. we're, not, we're not just doing surface surface questions my voice um, dropped as well like we're getting very you I know, know it's like hello yeah welcome hello. welcome to your 3 a.m. talk here right you know because I feel it's like all of the truths come out at 3 a.m. for some reason you know <laughs> um, all the movies tell us that you know that's what they that, that um, is what they tell us that is what they tell us <laughs> um, but I think like Going off of that, like, what do you think, is there something that you've learned during this really long pause, like, in our industry, um, but just, like, is there something that you maybe you've learned that's something new about yourself or something you've discovered during this time that you think is going, that you're going to bring into your life that you weren't maybe bringing into your life before the pandemic? Yeah. It's funny. I was kind of starting to... Um, toy with this thought even going into the pandemic and especially in the pandemic where it felt like I was like so not in control of my life and my career um 
that I, I've really been playing with the idea of embracing, you know, embracing the chaos and embracing the unknown and embracing the messiness. Because yeah. um, I just historically in my life, I've been very like organized and like I have to do this, this and this and this to like get to point A, point B, all these things. Um, and in the past couple of years, I've been trying to be freer with many things in my life. Um, but even more so now, like especially in this past year when so much of getting through has been, you know, forgiving myself for like many different things and, you know, being easy on myself that like I am not a series regular on a TV show um, <laughs> and all of these things. Um, yeah, basically embracing the messiness, embracing the chaos, like and that kind of just like raw energy of like what will happen will happen and just kind of going with the flow, which honestly has helped me in my acting as well, because it just kind of frees you up. Um, but it, it's made me a, a happier human being in this time, too. That's amazing. Yeah, I think definitely like finding your own personal freedom. I think that's something I've also I've also looked into, looked into, I've, just, I've been researching <laughs> it. Um, but it's something that, I mean, I think I also have embraced and learned a lot about during this time because, I mean, we've all been on pause. We, it's yeah. like, truly, I feel like it's, it's like we were given kind of like a new canvas. And we're like, okay, like you get to draw and guess what? There are no edges. You yeah. can draw outside the edges and like, that, like there's nothing to keep you in a box right now. Yes. So like you oh, can explore. Yes. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. And piggybacking off of that, this idea of kind of embracing the messiness and this freedom in a way is you finding more confidence in who you are because you're allowing yourself to not present this picture perfect package all the yeah, time. You know? You're finding like your footing. Like, yeah. Like legitimately your footing, not like a picture perfect what you think everyone else wants you to be actor footing. It's exactly. truly you. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so important for humans in general, but I think especially yeah. artists, because that gives you a voice to create from. Um yep. yeah. I mean, that's been my biggest journey this year, but I'm very thankful for it. And hopefully I can yeah. continue cultivating that moving forward. Yeah, seriously. Um so then Besides this year, do you have a specific favorite moment um, as an artist that's happened like in your careers? Do you have a moment or a performance or a, a time you met someone like a fan or an audition or something that you really felt? Um, I don't know. It's like a, it's a moment you go back to. Is there something, something that's happened in your life that you're like, this is something I will cherish, like a moment in time? Hmm. I there are a few and this is a difficult question for someone who is not the best at remembering things so thanks Caitlin. <laughs> um I mean uh, my opening night at Mean Girls comes to mind like that was super super incredible just for like my mom was in the audience and like I knew my friends were in the audience and it was just like I I I remember kind of blacking out throughout the whole show a little bit but allowing myself to kind of soak everything in during stars at the end yeah um it, there's this moment in the choreo where we sing we are so real we are so rare we see you there um but we're like looking out towards the audience for the most part 
Um, and I remember, I, I literally forgot the choreo because I was just trying to like soak it all in. Um, so that comes to mind. But the other main ones were just multiple moments during Rent because it was so special for me get, to get to tour that show um, around the country, especially playing Angel, who, who I think embodies kind of the main message of the show, which is to lead with love no matter what. Um, yeah. And I have interacted with so many fans, both on social media and at the stage door, who just are so touched by the message of the show. Um, you know, like the rent head fandom is a thing for a reason, you know, it, it, yeah. there, there are so many things that you can get from it. Um, and then specific like moments in the show, like Seasons of Love was always a favorite of mine because of course. Um, for those that haven't seen a production of Rent, traditionally it's it's the start of act two and the whole cast literally lines up at the front of the stage facing out and breaking the fourth wall. And literally we were directed to talk to the audience. Um, and so many of my favorite memories are from that number because I would be singing to people in the front row and like they'd be crying, they'd be singing along, they'd be like hugging the people next to them. Like it became this communal moment in that in whatever theater we were in. Um, and like that's the power of theater as well. And like I miss it so much in this time when theater has been shut down for as long as it has that like a movie, a TV show can't replicate because when everyone is in one huge space together and agreeing that for like the next two hours we are going to go on this journey together, truly magic happens. Um, and so, yeah, I remember those nights the most in that number. Yeah, I I love those moments because it's you really you remember that. I mean, I think it's so easy when you're in the audience to just see the people on stage as like the actors or the people putting on, you know, like putting on a character, <clears throat> putting on a character, excuse me. Um, but I love those moments where you do get to break the fourth wall, specifically in Rent. It's such a gorgeous moment and kind of in a unexpected place in the show. Yeah. It feels like a moment that that would normally happen at like the end of the show. Like, oh, the show is done. We're we're taking down the taking down the wall. But there's something just so beautiful about really reconnecting with that human connection. Yeah. That it's like theater is about the 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 human experience and the actual connection we have with the people around us. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not us putting on the costumes necessarily and like putting on the makeup and transforming into that. It's it's about the communication of who we're telling the story to. And yeah, that's something I have missed so much during this yeah. time. Um, Can't and it's, wait. I mean, luckily it's things are coming back and things are opening up and those things can happen again. So it's very, very exciting. So exciting. Um, I, I truly cannot yeah. wait. My goodness. I know. I'm I'm so excited. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So we're on to rapid fire. Here we go. Oh God. Um. So okay. <clears throat> um. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you one thing. What's one thing that you're excited about right now? It could be a new hobby, a TV show you've been watching, brand of socks, um, a bracelet, a hair shampoo. What's one thing you're excited about that make that brings you joy? Um, moving back to New York in a few months. Amazing. I'm Very so excited because we're gonna hang out. Yes. Um. Okay. Second thing, plug yourself. Tell us where can we find you, your website, social, um, if you're doing any upcoming projects or anything you want our audience to know about. Let us know Ooh. where we can find you. 
Yes, you can find me um, at Aaron Reads, as in like reads a book, R-E-A-D-S. It's not my last name. People always get confused. I just really like to read. And I came up with that name a long time ago and I don't want to change it. Um, so you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. It's the same handle, but Aaron Alcaraz, you can find me my name. Um, I have a website as well if you want to know my bio and things like that. Um and I will be singing in the ensemble of the next um, One Million Musical yes. show. So you can find me there, too. We'll basically use Aaron whenever we can because we love him. Um, <laughs> and this is a rapid fire that, like, not everyone does. But, like, I do it and who knows if they'll cut it. But they'll cut it. But I'm going to give you a five, six, seven, eight. And you're going to give me your best eight bars of whatever song you want. Um, oh, I don't even so, know what song is in my yeah, brain Yeah, so right I'm going to give you a five, a six, a five, six, seven, eight. I see stars, so many stars tonight. You could make diamonds dull. You are so beautiful. I see stars. There he is, everyone. Literally His eight the bars. first thing that came <laughs> to mind. I have I haven't panicked like that in such a long time. <laughs> I need I need everyone to know before we before we wrap this up. Aaron panicking is the most hilarious thing that if you ever get to experience it in person, um, just a little fun fact. We used to, because we lived, basically lived in the same lived. dressing room for uh, for a handful of months. Um, Aaron loves to watch things on his laptop when he's not on, you know, performing on Broadway. Of course. And, um, and my favorite thing is that he would wear headphones, but still audibly react to whatever's happening on the screen and it'd be one of those things where i think he really would forget that he was in a space with like six other people oh, I would. because i mean he had his whole i mean every reaction was on his face and it was like a oh my god oh my god and it is the funniest thing to watch and i mean there's probably a series on someone's instagram probably mine of i think you just had one. his reactions yeah, olivia had, had one um but it's truly like Aaron is probably one of the most expressive people I know. <laughs> to a fault, truly. And let me say kudos to those shows I was watching because they really sucked me in. You, I know they really you, did. You on Netflix yes. was one of the main ones, and I also don't yeah. like scary things. So really, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's also probably why you were like, "I'll watch it in a in a completely bright room with a bunch of other people." That's what I would oh do. Yes, when y'all were only... in the room, I was not watching that show. <laughs> uh uh-uh, uh uh no way. Um. Okay, so last thing I'm going to ask is the classic theater question. What is the best piece of advice you'd give any aspiring performers out there? Something that you would tell your younger self, someone who wants to do this. Um, what's a real piece of advice that you'd give them? Um, I'll make it a two-parter, even though I know it's a rapid question I section. Um, I think the first one, which is important for me even now to remind myself, is um, to trust yourself and to trust your gut and to trust that you know what you want and stuff like that. Um, I think it's really easy in this industry to doubt your talent and your skills, like regardless of how much you've done, like it's so easy to kind of disregard everything and be like, I'm the worst, but um, you're not the worst. Um, you're just human, but that's beautiful because we want to see humans 
when we want when we like watch a movie or a TV show or, or a theater. We want to see real humans up there. Um, so I would say trust your gut and trust that you know what's right for you. Um, and then I would also say that you can learn from literally anyone and anything. I I mean I did go to school for musical theater, but I think something that really helped me was I did not have much experience with theater before going to school. So I had no choice but to l actually listen to all of my teachers because I knew that I knew nothing. And then even getting out of school, like I've learned so much from so many castmates and so many directors. Like I can't even tell you the wealth of knowledge you can get when you just open your mind to learning from people around you. And I think that also leads you to treating everyone with respect as well because you know that they have something to teach you and you know that they're someone who's worthy of paying attention to. Um, so yeah, trust yourself, learn from the people around you and uh, tied to that last one, um, be nice and respect everyone. Yeah. That was a really long rapid that. fire question. Uh, rapid okay. fire answer. I apologize. I mean, technically that one's like a, I mean, it's, you know, it's our, it's our, it's our closer. So it can be as long as you, as long as you need it to be. But it does remind me of like the thing I, and you know, sometimes I, I'm glad that you said that because I honestly have, have forgotten that in some ways of like being the sponge, especially mm -hmm. as a young actor, doesn't really matter if you're young or old or wherever you are in your career, being a sponge will almost never hurt you. Like that no. is like you can always soak up more info more information and more knowledge from someone else because someone else has a different experience than you. So truly why yeah. not yeah. see what they have to say. A hundred percent. And like it can yeah. even be from just literally like watching them. Like I've learned so much from like watching people on stage around me. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Soak it up. Soak it up, people. Okay, that is all we have time <laughs> for. Um, thank you so much for joining us um, and listening to Intermission today. Thank you, Aaron, for being here. I love you so much. Thank you for being part of this project. You bring so much light and so much uh, talent to this project. Everything you do is just mwah, amazing. That's so nice. I love you so much. Thank you for having me. I love you. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so we have more episodes coming up in the next couple of weeks. Please stay tuned. And maybe if we're lucky enough, cross our fingers, everyone, they will let me host another intermission. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. See you later. Hello, fabulous audience members, you beautiful people, you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. It's me, Jacob. Hey, listen, if you want to help us out, the best way you can do so is to leave us a rating and a review on your podcast platform of choice. And if you want to go that extra mile, you can share this episode on your social media and maybe tell your friends about this cool podcast that you like very much. Um, that sort of stuff really, really, really helps us. Uh, you know, we want to get this podcast to as many listeners as we can, and you can help us do that. So thanks if you decide to. And if you don't decide to, no hard feelings. You can still listen. It's free. Anyway, I'll talk to you next week. Have a, have a lovely life. Goodbye.
This is Patrick. And this is Mark, co-host of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we're your home for all things Nintendo. On Tuesday, we're talking about the latest Nintendo news. And on Thursday, we're doing deep dives into specific corners of the Nintendo universe. Ranking the Koopa Kids. Determining who the best Smash Fighter is. That's Nintendo Cartridge Society on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.